Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg, a.k.a. Bud's Ball Cards. I've got a new podcast that we're going to put out each week or every other week. It's on the hobby. I'll have guests. We'll talk about news and views. In fact, the name of it is Bud's Hobby News and Views. Hope you'll enjoy it. Would love some feedback. Here it is. Thanks for listening. She'd be better to do it. All right, all right, all right. We are live. It is Sunday night. It is time for another weekly or however often I'm going to do this. Bud's Hobby News and Views. And I have a treat for you guys tonight. We have Magic City Collectibles. We've got Chris and Brooks Vernon. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me, even considering there's a very important ball game going on right now. So thank you, fellas. How are y'all tonight? We're Good. Doing, we're doing well. Thank you for having us. All right, give us a quick update. What's going on in the game? Uh, it's 12 19. Yep, 19 to 12. Looks like San Fran's got the ball about two minute warning in the fourth quarter. All so. right, I, I have no love lost with Cowboys losing. So tonight is a pretty good night. But we had a pretty good weekend, fellas, didn't we? We had trade night, had two, two days of shows and trustful. Y'all have got to be exhausted at this point. Was it a good weekend for y'all? It's awesome. Yep. Great weekend. It is exhausting, but when you're having fun, you know, it's a good time. Well, I, I saw you guys all weekend. Trade night down at uh, Sports Nuts with uh, Curtis was great, other than some suspect food I saw being served. Saw a whole bunch of guys and, and women from different parts of not just Alabama, Georgia, and, and other places that got together. That was, that was a fun evening. And, and Brooks, I'm going to start with you. What is it about trade night that's a little bit less pressurized than being at the show and having a table? What did you like about trade night? Uh, my favorite thing about trade night is just hanging out with everybody. It's not as focused on selling cars and just really just hanging out with people. You know, I saw I saw several guys talking about trades. I don't know if anything was was done, but Chris, there was a live break going on. I thought that was pretty cool. And you had all the people in the room watching the live break, and then you had folks online. So I thought that was a pretty cool uh, experience. Did you participate no. in the live break? We actually did. Uh, Brooks was able <laughs> yeah. to get in there, and I think he actually hit a couple of good cards. Um, so they had a – I think it was a Top's Finest. Was it? Top's Finest Case Break. Top's Finest Case Break. Nice. Uh, but it was great. They did it live right there in the shop. So a lot of, just like you said, a lot of people participated right there in the shop. But then you had the guys at home that were able to participate. So it, it was a good addition to the trade night. But you know what that event and then the two days in Trustful and all the, that we've been seeing and, and, and participating in, it shows that the hobby in Alabama is pretty dead gum strong right now. What's y'all's assessment as, as card shop owners? And we're going to talk about Magic City Collectibles in a minute. But on the other side of the table, so to speak, what's your take on the health of the hobby in our state? I think it's pretty healthy, man. It's been crazy how healthy I thought it'd been. Yeah, it's actually been great. I mean, you know, I know we'll talk about the shop a little bit, but we opened that last August. I mean, you know, the hobby got real hot when COVID hit. Mm -hmm. uh, but here in Alabama to see the things that are growing, you know, the things that you're doing uh, have been phenomenal to grow the hobby. Uh, the couple of shops. The shops have got a lot stronger right here in, in Alabama, especially central Alabama. Uh, and then the shows, you know, you're really starting to see the shows pick up to where we've got some good local shows that are doing well. 
you know, Daniel and the flip is what they call it are put on several shows and they've got several more in different parts of the state. I really applaud and love what they're doing because historically, I now, I've only been back in the hobby about five years. I put it away for 20 odd years, but I've gotten back and I've learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes as we all do. But the number of shows to me has just, I just think it's great. There's so many people. I think there's 10 or 11 active shops throughout the state, which I think is great. You guys may not because that's a lot of competition, that's for sure. But just the fact that, you know, I had Johnny from Coleman uh, Sports Cards last week. I've got you guys this week. We're going to keep featuring local card shop owners throughout the state. We're going to talk about these shows in your shop. I just think the health for me from as a, a collector, I think the hobby is pretty strong right now. And I just hope it continues uh, in that trend. Absolutely. We agree with you. Now, I don't know how many tables were set up in Trustful on Saturday. I didn't go today. But it looked like there was more, well more than 100, maybe 150. Brooks, do you have a, I know you and I talked about that, but did you ever get a, a feel for how many tables were really set up? I, I don't know that I know the exact number of tables, but I know it was a full house this time. So, I well, mean, it, I was going to say, I didn't see any empty tables. I, that's what I was going to say. I don't know exactly how many tables they're able to get in there, but it, it was a full house and uh, really busy. I mean, I was pleased with the crowd that was coming through, real busy early. Had a little break, maybe a little round lunch, slowed, slowed down for a few minutes, and right after lunch, picked right back up. So it was nice to see coming into the new year. <laughs> you know, for the average collector who comes to those shows and doesn't set up like you guys, all you see are the tables that are set up with all of your product. Everything's labeled, everything's ready to go. What they don't appreciate or what they may not know is just how many hours that you guys spend getting ready for shows. And some weeks, like, weren't you at a show? You were in Dallas recently, going up to California, you could be in Atlanta. Brooks, give us an idea of how many hours a week that you're just spent pricing your products so you can get it ready for the next show or for the shop, you know, to be displayed in the cases. How many hours a week are you putting in doing that? A lot. It's definitely not fun doing it, but you got to do it. I mean, I'd say what, probably like at least, three hours a day yeah. you got to have good eyesight and patience i know that that's for sure uh, and, right. and i i don't know if it's both of you guys but i assume at least one of you in your head you know the idea the range of values of cards because you gotta you gotta be working like that because the is it fair to say that the average collector comes by your table and if you take too long to negotiate a price, they're ready to move to the next guy. Does that work like that sometimes? I'd, I'd say yes. I mean, some people get a little too excited and want to keep going or, and stuff. So, I mean, it's part of it, but sometimes you got to be careful. But, you yeah. know, well, I was going to say, and, and the show, I think, maybe started at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock Saturday. What time did you get there to set up? We had to a little bit. Right around nine o'clock. Normally we get in there real, real early, but but on the local shows, we're able to be, you know, now we've kind of gotten used to being able to get in and out quickly. We know doing a little better job knowing what to bring. So you kind of know your clientele. So uh, we've been able to get through that learning curve a little bit where we can come in and we kind of already know since we've been to this show several times where our table's going to be what we need to be able to get set up. So so we kind of rolled in a little bit later than we normally do. But I think it opens, it opens at eight. So you got a couple hours before to get set up. And 
uh, go around and, you know, talk to some of your, your friends that are coming in, setting up as well. Maybe even do a little buying before everybody gets in there. Well, I was getting ready to say you guys have a little advantage maybe from that standpoint, but you've earned, you've earned that advantage. But speaking of learning curve, you just opened up the shop this summer. I was so excited that you were because you're the closest shop to my house. You're, you're good for my collection, but you're bad for my checkbook. That's for sure. But Chris, talk about the origin of Magic City Collectibles. How did you and get uh, Brooks, y'all start all this up and share a little bit about the shop, if you would. Okay. When I was, I mean, you know, I collected cards like everybody. When I was younger, growing up, you know, you know, you're able to buy some cards, you start collecting, you trade with your friends. Really enjoyed it. And then we got into, you know, I guess high school and college. You know, had a, had part time jobs while we were doing that. Me and my friends would go to the local shops. So we just found a love for the hobby doing that. Now, like everybody, I, I guess I kind of had those gaps where we got married, didn't have the extra spending money, and wasn't able to continue. But the one thing that happened, and I, you know, we had kids and this young man showed an interest in wanting to uh, get into the hobby like when he was playing sports young so we kind of went out like everybody and this is what I enjoy about the shop they you know dad comes in with his son and it's just like what we did so probably when he was six seven we started going out and we'd buy cards locally whether we went to the hobby shop and bought a a box and even if he was too young we kind of open it I kind of get the cards that we needed out of there and let him have some to kind of start to learn uh, from there it just grew so we've been doing it together and going to shows you know we've been on that side of the t the, the table where we're going around and trying to learn and learn how to negotiate and from that love I guess probably two years ago Brooks kind of was like hey can we do a shop can we do a shop and I was like, absolutely not. We cannot do a shop. You know, I was like, it's going to take a lot of time. And I didn't know if he'd really stick with it, but he has a love and a passion for it. And from that, uh, you know, it kind of grew into it. And we had a serious conversation about it. I talked to his mom and we had an opportunity with a, a building that we have here in Homewood that uh, it just worked out. We could do it. So, you know, we opened the shop back in August of last year uh, and it's been phenomenal. So it lets us continue, you know, father, son and, mom you've seen mom in there mom's actually the one that kind of put everything together and got us set up and got us going so she kind of hold you know really mom owns the shop so uh we just are the employees that work with her <laughs> but it's been phenomenal to do it as a family you know a family thing we learn something new every day I, I was gonna say i've been coming in there obviously since this summer and it's it's growing every time i come in there there's new products there's more stuff in there brooks what do you like the most about being a card shop owner these days and, and just being there. What, what's the most fun for you about it? Uh, it's really meeting people. It's been fun to meet everybody that comes in, the people that are actually local that I've never met or seen at a show that come to the shop and you've never seen them. This is awesome to meet people. And it's my favorite part about it. Guys, I could never be a shop owner because I would have, and this is my leading up to a question, I would have a hard time deciding does this go in my pc or does it go in the counter for sale tell me you guys struggle with that too i know i would every day it is a major struggle every day um sometimes some things will come out of the pc some things will go back in but you still have the certain ones that you love that you you never even you don't want to even consider pulling those out of the safe so it's a daily struggle though but it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it is for every shop owner, unless they don't like sports. And how could you not if you're a shop owner? But yeah. I would think that that for me would be the hardest struggle 
but I've never owned a shop. I don't know, but I do want to come back to that. I'm going to put in the show notes how to get in touch and the directions and the phone number and all that to Magic City Collectibles. You guys are in Homewood. I've always called it on the curb, but what's a better way to describe where you're located? You know, if you're not familiar with the landmarks, uh, sometimes you kind of miss us because it's right there uh, on Central Avenue, mm -hmm. which is located between the main park. Uh, so off Oxmoor Road, right, there, right. there's a main park in Homewood, uh, and it kind of cuts back through to the uh, shopping district, which is where they built the New Valley Hotel. Yeah. So we're right there on the road that cuts through. Uh, like I said, we can get the address out there and we've got it where you yeah. know, Google Maps and everything picks it up so that we can get you there. Yeah, I was going to say you're almost halfway between the Homewood Park and the New Valley Hotel and it's easy to see guys. Great signage. Brooks, I come into your store for the first time. What am I going to see? What do you guys have that you kind of concentrate on from a products standpoint? Do you have, for example, do you have singles? Do you have packs? Do you have boxes? Do you have uh, storage cases. What what all am I going to see when I come in there? Our goal is to try to have it all. We want to have as much as we can of everything. I mean, we have singles, we have wax, we have fifty cent boxes, we have Zion cases. We try to get everything we can to have it for everybody. And guys, I just bought two Zion boxes and they're completely full. I'm going to have to come back in this week and get another one. But uh, that's. And, you know, it's hard to it's hard to uh, concentrate on everything because there's so much product out there. And one of the things I wanted to ask you guys uh, and, and don't share what you don't want to share, but I'm truly curious. You're a brand new shop, relatively speaking. Where does it put you guys in the pecking order, if there is one, about being able to order all the product that you hope to, to keep on stock from the a retail standpoint? Right. Right. We were fortunate enough. That was one of the things in, in trying to open a shop. You heard Brooks just talk about it. You know, we kind of said we try to do everything. And what we found, we we were on the other side of this. We were just like you do you, when you would walk in. So we would go to different shops and maybe we could find our supplies at one place or maybe we could find, you know, a hobby box or retail. But we kind of couldn't do a little bit of, you know, where we could go a one-stop shop where we could get our supplies and our hobby box. So we kind of set it up that way and we continue to develop that. So we're always talking to the customer when they come in, you know, we got anything that, you know, we're missing anything that you would need. So I think we've done a good job with supplies, the, the wax and all that. But to your point, the hardest part when we were setting the shop up was to be able to make sure we could have product when people come in. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to work real hard to get some allocation, but you have to work every day to make sure you've got enough of that. So there's even times that we may even have to go out to the internet and buy some things or work relationships. Uh, fortunately, I've done, you know, I've been in business all my life, so I continue to work relationships and it just comes down to talking to people and being able to find ways to get that product in there. But we do have allocation, so we get, you know, um, not as many hobby boxes as we would like, but, but we do get those in and we know certain people are looking for them. We try to go out and help them find that. Whether we have it or not, if we can help you find it somewhere else, we're going to get you there. You know, and, and like you're talking about, we're all in it together. You know, it's nice to hear you said 11 shops. I couldn't even have told you exactly how many shops were in the state of Alabama. We know all the guys locally. And again, we're all in it together. We're not competitors. We try to look at it as a partnership. So if we don't have something, absolutely, we're going to send you down to, to Alabash to go see Curtis and those guys, or if it's the trustful shop. So um, we'll help anybody any way we can. And we truly enjoy it. You know, Chris, that's what I was going to say. 
when you guys, I think you've mentioned before, when you guys go to Dallas or maybe somewhere else, you go with other shop owners, maybe Curtis or somebody else here in town or in, in state. And I just think that's pretty awesome because it would be very easy to, to claim territories, so to speak. And, you know, don't go see that guy, see me kind of a thing. But I think that's so refreshing. Uh, so I'm glad to hear that. Right, right. That's the way to be successful. It's not about, uh, you know, the end of the day, we're all enjoying the hobby together. And, and uh, if we can share the knowledge, do we know everything? Absolutely not. We learn something new every day. So we're out there learning from everybody that knows. And, you know, and I look forward to everybody that's, that's watching tonight. If they come in and get to meet us, I'm sure there's a lot they've got to share, too. So we want to learn from everybody that we can. Guys, I've got Chris and Brooks with Magic City Collectibles and Homewood right on Central on the, the big curb. Brooks, I want to ask you if I've got a collection and I want to want to trade it or I want to sell it. Is there a time of the week or, or I guess I should ask it this way. Do you guys entertain buying and selling if somebody brings in their collection? And if so, when is the better time of the week to, to have it evaluated and to really have a conversation? Because I know I don't want to come in 11, 10 o'clock on a Saturday when you got a packed house. That's hard to, to get your attention. So do you do those kind of buys and trades? And secondly, when's the better time of the week? Or do you need to make an appointment to come in to have it evaluated? We would prefer that you call first and make sure that we're there, not at a show or something like that. Mm -hmm. But if we do come, we I'm mostly there Tuesday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And I'm there most Saturdays as well. But, I mean, really, I'm there most of the time. So. Right. Yep. And the shop hours, we open from 10 to 4.30 every day. Mm -hmm. Weekend, uh, you mentioned, we will absolutely do an appointment. Uh, I'm actually at the shop on Monday, but a lot of times we're doing some inventory, making sure we've got everything in, we need in there for the week. So we do take Sunday and Mondays off to kind of recoup. And uh, Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 4.30, uh, Saturday, 12 to 4. Gotcha. That's awesome. I got a, just a couple more questions, guys, and we'll cut you free. I did see that the Niners held on to win. So it looks like yeah, they're going to be in the, in the championship series next weekend. Um your next show is going to be in Atlanta. That's a pretty big show. The culture, what is it called? The culture clash. I'm sorry. I can't think of the name of the, the show. Culture collision. Culture collision. I believe. Collision, not clash. Collision. That's a bigger show. So I know you're going to be spending all week getting ready for it. But here's, here's my question for you guys. If I have my own table at a show, but I've never done this before, what are some tips? What are some ideas as you as or me that dealing with the public, dealing with trying to be friendly, but at the same time, you're really hoping they like your products and you want to start selling. And I'm not asking you to tell us how the sausage is made, just some general tips on what works for you guys dealing with the general public. It's really just, yeah, a lot of it's just the conversations. I mean, you're saying hello and meeting people. So if you're there at the show, I mean, kind of try to know your, you know, the, you know, what type of show is it? Is it a larger show, smaller show? What type of folks you think will be coming? You may not know that going in if it's a new show, but like you, like I was telling you now, we've done the uh, flip show maybe three, four times. So we've kind of gotten to know who, who the, you know, uh, population would be kind of coming in or the, the card enthusiasts that are coming in and what they're looking for. Um, so we kind of just try to prepare. Uh, we don't, we don't take a, 
lot of everything we have some uh i guess you know slabs that we kind of set up in the two row boxes we kind of got that we're post can flip through that and then we have the cases that are kind of set up that you see at the shows um and then you just kind of start to learn but the main thing is just have start to have conversations with people just like what we're doing here you'll start to learn what people like and um again you don't know everything just you know listen to what people are saying and you'll learn from there um and then if not you'll you'll learn different times that there's going to be other people that have something that they're looking for and refer them to that so like i said you start to make friends and it'll go a long ways you know it's interesting what you just said when i, I when i go to the shows i do a i do my lap i guess most people kind of walk through to see what all is there and as you guys know i concentrate on vintage baseball so there's not going to be a large percentage of tables. In fact, there was like four tables. A couple of those guys had nice selections and I bought from, from one of them. But when you're walking through, what I see, obviously, what the hot stuff is, is the new, modern, the, the signed, the limited numbers, et cetera, and mostly slab. But I have to focus on the tables that I really like. But I bet, and this is my question to you guys, do you get a chance either before the show or during the show to walk around at all to see what else is out there that maybe has similar product that you do, or maybe there's things that you want to buy or trade for? Does that help you guys get a kind of a lay of the land for the show, so to speak? I don't know if that makes sense. We mainly walk around. I try to mainly get out before the show starts and try to walk around. And then uh, once everybody starts coming in, I get trapped up at the table, but because everybody else wants to trade, but um, I sometimes he lets me out and I'll get to walk around <laughs> during the show. So yeah, you'll see. I kind of get where I'm at the table. Bruce goes out, but we do a lot of buying at the shows too. So uh, to to your point, you kind of go out and you see what everybody else kind of has out there, and you learn that way as well. Um, but ask your questions. Look, there is no bad question. You're going to learn something. You know, at my table, you're going to ask uh, the question. I'm going to answer it one way. Uh, three three tables down, you know, ask it again. They, they're going to provide knowledge, and, and that's how we all learn together. And same thing, you know, hey, do you see anybody that has vintage cards here so that you're not, you know, trapped? And, and usually, to, to your point, there was probably four or five tables that had it, and I actually saw some nice stuff this weekend, but if you can mm -hmm. find those tables, go check those out but at the same time ask them how they're finding their vintage you know items and hopefully they'll share that with you and and you continue to grow toward the things that you like at a show you know i think that the conversations it's you know who you know you guys know john newman the podcaster that fell up in in new york and syracuse es sports card nation and his theme his tagline is the hobby is the people and what he's saying is just what you just said chris it's the conversations. It's getting to know the relationships and having buddies and friends in different parts of the state or in the South that are your friends. You look forward to seeing those guys. I bet when you guys go to Atlanta, you're gonna know a whole bunch of folks who you've seen at the past shows, or you just know them in some way. But I think you're, you're so right, Chris, whether you're in sales or whether you practice law or do this, it's, it is, it's about relationships, it's about conversations. And speaking of conversations, ours is coming to a close, but I can't, I can't let Brooks off the hook. <laughs> Do you own your Holy Grail card at this point? Sir? Oh, you broke up for a second. Do you own your Holy Grail card? Your most prized card that you want for your PC. Do you own it yet? I do. I got recently 
uh, December, I picked up the Larry Fitzgerald uh, 2004 Contenders autograph. Is one of his be his best rookie cards. All right. I, now, I, for those who don't know, Brooks, you got to tell why Larry Larry Fitzgerald is your guy. I'm just a big Cardinals fan, and I really watching the Cardinals. I used the first player I really enjoyed, and I've enjoyed him ever since. What a phenomenal talent. What a remarkable wide receiver. And he stood out. I'm sorry. There were a ton of great receivers. He stood a little bit higher than all those guys. What about you, Chris? Do you have a Holy Grail card? You know, I really haven't gotten there yet. There's a lot of cards that I look at. I've been looking at a lot of vintage stuff. You know, I enjoy collecting with Brooks, so I kind of help him get to some of those cards. I'm a big-time Cardinal fan, too, so we kind of – you know, I don't think he'll let me have any of those Larry Fitzgeralds, but I feel like they're a little bit of mine also. Um, but, but I've been looking at some of the vintage stuff. I'd like to get a Babe Ruth somewhere in there, but I just hadn't found one that I, I've been able to, well, one, uh, you know, locate that I could actually maybe trade into or something like that. But uh, I'd like to have a Babe Ruth card. At the end of the day. You know, we, we need to see some, some Cardinals uh, banners or pennants or some more stuff in the shop. So. So I want to see that instead of that Tennessee orange, but that's just me. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I knew I'd get y'all. Guys, I want to thank you for, for coming on the show. This has been a fun conversation. As I said, we keep it under 30 minutes. As, as we've been trying to do, this is our third show of Bud's Hobby News and Views. I want to talk to the local card shop guys around the state. I want to talk to the, oh, we got my buddy Dave Keppel. Here we go. We got a pit alum here. Larry Heisman was actually in one of his classes a sophomore year and with best awesome. college receiver area. That's great, David. Awesome. Thank you. David's one of my, my buddies. He's up in, in Phil, uh, Pennsylvania watching with us. But I'm going to keep coming each week or as often as I can get somebody on. I'm going to promote the shows and shops that are in our state. We're going to talk about what I call the meat and potatoes. I got to come up with a better description. That's just terrible because not everybody's a meat and potato guy. But we're going we're gonna to keep talking about the hobby. We're going to keep pushing it forward. We're going to keep sharing our knowledge. Chris, Brooks, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I so enjoyed seeing you this weekend and liked our conversation. It was fun tonight. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And Brooks, I want to thank you, bud, for staying awake for this. This is huge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just giving you a hard time. You guys have a good night. Have a good week. Uh, collecting. Trace, thank you, bud. Uh, Trace Westbrook, who was at the show this weekend, says to tell you hello. Hey, Heath Montgomery, thank you. They're all coming out of the woodworks now. Thank you, fellas. And we will catch you, hopefully, if not next weekend, the weekend after that. Y'all be well. Take care. Guys, hang on while I sign off.